daughters of God. Do you long to be loved, but don't feel worthy of it unless you fit in? Do you desire a healthier life? Do you desire healthy relationships? Does eating well and moving your body feel more like a drain than it does nourishment for your soul? We are happy to announce Heir to the Crown, our brand new 30-day Pick Your Price Mind Body Challenge for the Daughters of God is now open. Join us in spending 30 days recovering your identity as a royal daughter of the King and restoring your health and wholeness the way God designed. Heir to the Crown is inside-out mind-body training at its finest. Discover deeper knowledge of who you are and what you're living for. Become fit in body, soul, and spirit. And equip the next generation to rise up in freedom. Sign up for this Pick Your Price Mind Body Challenge. It closes on Friday, September 7th at 11.59 p.m. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. My name is Elisa Keaton. I am so excited to be with you today. You just heard a promo, a quick promo for our Heir to the Crown 30-Day Mind-Body Challenge for the Daughters of God. You have just under two weeks to join. We're hoping you will join us. If you have a daughter age 12 and older, um, this is for her. If you don't have a daughter, you are a daughter. This is all about identity. I promise you this challenge, should you apply yourself to the 30 days in one of the most simple ways, and that's kind of the secret sauce of this challenge, um, you will have mind transformation. You will have a renewed mind. I am confident the Lord promised me this, so I'm going to take him at his word. So don't forget any donation amount gets you in. We encourage you to do at least $10, and if you can go deeper, with that, we would really, really appreciate it. Again, your donation goes to help us spread this message all around the world. We are breaking generational chains of physical and spiritual poverty. So thank you for how you partner with us. You can just click on the show notes and go right over there to get into the Heir to the Crown Challenge. The signups will close on Friday, September 7th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it will close so that we can all launch off into this 30 days together. You get a private Facebook group. You get mess recipes, recipes, menu plans, and workouts. Those are supplemental, remember, because it's for us, it's Seek First the Kingdom. So we're going to do that within the devotional. It'll come to your inbox every day for 30 days. But if you want, you can go to Amazon and order a hard copy of the book. It, it does require you to journal. You are going to have to do some training. You're going to have to pick up a pen and write down on paper and I really encourage that more than just making a few notes on your phone really picking up a pen and writing some things down you guys the neuroscience is keeps coming in and piles up about how when we take the time to think what we're thinking feel what we're feeling and then if we do that in the presence of God you guys he is not difficult he wants to renew our minds to put the crowns on our heads the swords in our hand for such a time as this. This is our awakening. So consider that, go do that. I don't want you to miss it. And I'm looking forward to those 30 days with you. So today we are gonna do a recovery workout together. What do you say about that? Now, if you're looking for high intensity, there's plenty of those. You can go back and do another Tabata workout. 
But here's what I know. Um, I know that many of you are moving into hard seasons and uh, you know fall is normally a season of abundance and harvest and that's amazing. So although the earthly realm of season tells us abundance and harvest is the fall, for some of you it could be a very winter heavy season, a wilderness season. For me personally it feels that way. Um, if you know, I'm walking through the final stages of my mom with her uh, illness of cancer, I'm praying for miracles all the time, but it's a heavy time. And I try to be as real as possible with you. I don't share this with you to, um, you know, make you feel bad or guilty, and I don't think you do. I just want to be clear, and I'm not also sharing my mom to make higher ratings. I just know this is true. This is really happening, and I'm living a life now as a woman in her late 40s. There's a lot of loss and grief that there's things in life. And I know I'm thankful for you if you're here, you young moms in the 20s, and I know there's some of you teenagers that are doing these revving the words. Thank you for being wise to know, to, to plant the seeds today that you will need tomorrow. Uh, because life, <laughs> life does bring storms and seasons. So how do we face hard times, difficult seasons with grace? with grace, because I confess I know how to work harder. I can make a list, I, I, I'll push and get through it. That's my old nature. So I'm still learning this, and I think today's workout, as we recover, do recovery together, but press into this harder thing of grace. It's, it's a beautiful thing, and it's a, it's, a, it's a mystery, and we're gonna need to be honest about how do we do this, and how do we fall short? How do we fall short so that we can know, oh, I've got out of alignment with grace. Okay, so recovery workout just means you're just gonna move your body. Um, the music itself just supports for steady. Uh, if go for a walk, just move. Don't, uh, even if the, don't feel tempted to have to burn calories. That's a waste. I mean, yeah, it'll burn some calories, but you'll miss something greater this mind renewing this is inside out training you guys the wellness world talks about it all the time but jesus is the corner market on it so are you ready okay we are going to get the playlist going well we are as soon as i figure out where my playlist is <laughs> hold on just a second okay we're gonna get the playlist going in three two one play So, by the way, just in full transparency, I will not be moving my body today. I'm actually sitting on a bed in my parents' home. <laughs> Haven't been here in a long, long time. As I am caring, you know, just taking care of my mom and some of these, the final stages here. So thank you for letting me be here. I'm recovering from a weekend in Franklin, Tennessee, Rev on the Road, you guys were amazing there. So this is recovery for me, but for you guys, I hope that you're potentially outside, sun on your face, wind on your back, and just moving your body. It's a good day. Take a deep breath, inhale. Exhale. Good. Just walking, easy pace. You should be able to get a big breath because you're not breathless at all. On a scale of one to 10, 
you're a four, a five, today you will maybe get as high as a six, seven. You are not wanting, and, and I'm telling you this, there's place for recovery. I want you to mark this podcast for the days that you're like, my body's just sore, I'm just tired. And it doesn't mean you're totally gonna lay down, but you feel, like I can tell when I feel the call, I just gotta go move my body. And to be honest with you, this morning, I just said, I'm just gonna go to the gym and not, I'm just gonna move because I wanted to talk with the Lord and, and just be in my body and breathe. Um, but I didn't push it, I didn't pinch it, I just moved my body. I do love an intense workout now and then, but right now, recovery. Okay, just notice your posture. Is it tall? Are you sinking anywhere? Is there any pain in your body? Discomfort? So Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for the gift of grace, salvation, mercy, forgiveness. God, thank you that you are a compassionate God, long-suffering. Where we come to the end of ourselves, Lord, you say, step into me. There's greater joy, greater abundance. All the fruit of the Spirit is found in you in greater and sweeter ways. So we just step into that presence right now in Jesus' name. I pray that as bodies are moving, God, that they truly are not just recovering, but being restored. Lord, I just, I'm going to ride the wave of healing. I heard so many testimonies this weekend of people's bodies healed of arthritis, different autoimmune disorders, um, bone illnesses, blood illnesses, just because they move their body. So I would ask, Lord, in, that, in this gift of grace and in this recovery workout, that people are willing to step and pull it back and just move with you, God, that you'll do an immeasurably more kind of work. Build up your people that they would know, God, that it's not, we don't love you for the miracle, but it just comes as part of the gift as the Father of Lights that you are, that you give good gifts to your children. Thank you that you ask us to believe in this kind of big, childlike way. We love you. Teach us what it means to work, to move, to breathe at the rhythm of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. So good. Notice your feet moving on the pavement or on the treadmill or just if you're washing dishes or vacuuming your house. I want you to think right now, as you step your feet down, every place you put your foot, there's abundance underneath you. There's, there's more to just your surroundings, that you bring hope into, that you bring the riches of heaven and your feet bring a sense of direction and authority that wherever you go, it's because you're being sent. Amen? Wherever you go. 
guess that's the first thing. We know that we're in step with grace when we have this sense that this is where God's telling me to go. This isn't my design. This isn't me building my kingdom. This is me wanting to build God's kingdom. And you can build God's kingdom as you change a dirty diaper. Come on. You can build God's kingdom as you are packing groceries. You can build God's kingdom as you are checking people into a doctor's office. You can build God's kingdom right now. Remember that every day. This is the assignment as a disciple, as a messenger. You build God's kingdom when you look people in the eyes and say hello. I see you. It's one of my favorite things to do is just to see people, look them in the eye and say hello, but really say hello. It's disorienting. Try it. <laughs> it's a gift of grace because people are like, why are you, wait, you really like see me. They can tell when you really see them. Come on, Rev. All right, I'm going to read our scripture today. Just keep breath moving, keep posture up, pressing through your feet, lifting through the ground, rising up, filling and grounding your body, filling your body with breath and grounding through your bones so that you're, you're stacking and rising. So I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 15. Um, for, remember, the book of Corinthians, honestly, it's such a current book. It's so current. The Corinthians, they believed in God. They took in the gospel. They received the gospel as pure as it was. But then after some time, they started to water it, change it, shift it. Permissible things started happening. Really sexuality, promiscuity. They kind of said, we can do this and that. <laughs> started making up their own gospel and we all need to raise our hand we're guilty of doing this this is when we try and take the good news to change it into palatable news that I can understand that I still get pleasure I still benefit from it's a gospel that says I don't want a wilderness I don't want a winter season I want all the time pleasure you know why you want that? It's because you were made for it. But sin entered the world. And now we're God's foot soldiers. Now he's looking for a people, a holy, right, a holy priesthood to say, I'm gonna have to say no. And I'm not saying no to hurt you or to dismiss you, but I'm saying no because something's better is stored up in my heart. So Paul is contending, saying, okay, y'all kind of fallen away. Something went wrong here, Corinthians. And I love that you're here in 1 Corinthians. Paul's kind of confused a little bit too. So I love, remember, Paul is not Jesus. Can we just get on board with that? He's not God. He's an apostle. He is a man who has been touched by God, but he still has a really ugly past. So Paul, we can acquaint ourselves with Paul in the sense of, He's hurting, he's suffering, he's been beaten, he's, but he's been called to something greater. But grace kept empowering him that in his weakness he could be made strong. But Paul knows his backstory. Paul knows 
I'm qualified because I have knowledge of the Torah and the scripture, but I am so disqualified as a super apostle because I have killed Christians. Hmm. Right, and that kept him humble. He's killed the very thing that he's now living for. Guys, it reminds me of my, my own childhood. I've, I hated my parents for a season of time. Like I blamed them for every pain, everything. Sin will get you to do that. Sin causes you to, to find a covering and just blame. So I'm so disqualified to preach this gospel of love and forgiveness because I lived so many years without it. But now, come on. So the Corinthians are getting confused and Paul is rocked a little bit. He's concerned maybe, maybe he's at fault. And he says in verse 15, I'm sorry, verse 10 of chapter 15. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Breathe, let me read it again. But by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace toward me was, was not dead, in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Failed, them meaning other apostles. I've so he's, he's kind of saying, I, you know, I, I see the work I'm doing. I was lost, now I'm I mean, I've been beaten, I've been shipwrecked, I've been, I've been so any of them being some of these apostles or some of these teachers with good motives and some teachers with bad motives. Basically, he's saying, I have sold everything to do this. I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. So he's not denying, I have been working hard. But I love that he kind of says, but it wasn't me doing it. It was the grace of God that is with me. So my question today is, what's it like to face hard seasons or calls on our life continually with the gift of grace? What would it look like? Because here's what I know, you guys. I'm pretty sure, again, I'm, I'm surrounded by people that if you're attracted to this ministry in some way, you've tried to fix yourself. You have tried to knuckle down and buckle down and make it happen and you got disappointed. So you know how to work hard. And you probably, or maybe you're just so burned out by working hard, you just don't work anymore, you just gave up. But somehow you found this podcast and you're starting to work hard again. But I, ooh man, wanna keep you from the pit of the flesh that strives, that gets so exhausted, you become an bitter, angry Christian, that's when you know something's off. You don't have the joy for your life because the kingdom is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy. I will know the kingdom of God is flowing through me, that grace is at work within me when I have righteousness and understanding that I am God's daughter. 
there is nothing he is holding out on me. Right, because that's the lie we believed in the garden. That's why we ate the fruit. We actually believed the lie of the enemy to say that God was holding out on us. Come on. Righteousness tells me no. I don't fully understand my, my father because he's God and I give him the right to be God. There are times when he just says, because I said so. Because if I told you any more, it'd be too much for you to bear. What he doesn't tell us is for our good. And it increases our strength and our trust and our faith and our hope and our love. You guys, hang on and breathe through that hard season. Grace will prove itself. That's why I've said, okay, what do we do with our pain? We gotta figure it out, we gotta find it, we gotta notice it, we gotta breathe, we, gotta, we can't bury it, we can't Netflix it, we can't medicate it. We just gotta go, well, there it is, God. And he says, bring it. I died for that. He gives us peace and joy, right? So righteousness keeps the pipeline clean of heaven. When grace can't flow through me, I can go to God and say, I'm hurt. I need you. Come do the work of healing in my heart because I want to be with you, God. Your promises are eternal, and you say that all things work together for good, God. So here I am. And He gives us peace and joy. That's what He does. He's so good. How do we face hard seasons? The call on our life. For some of you, your call just feels hard. And I have to tell you, I kind of get that. Paul says, but by the grace of God. That's how he starts out. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. So in the context in first in First Corinthians. 15. Paul is, is kind of recounting the resurrection. He's saying, remember, I taught you this, I taught you this. And he's just reminding them what I first delivered to you. This is what we said. Reminding them of how Christ had appeared to 500 and then he appeared to James. He's kind of just giving, laying, re-saying re the facts. And in a way, it, it's when he's relaying the facts, I think Paul at some point is realizing, listen, I'm so, un I get it that I'm unqualified to tell you this because I have persecuted the people of God. So again, I love that Paul has a history, he has a past, he has a, some chains. That's why it's don't despise your story. But to be able to say, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. grace of God is favor not earned it's just favor <laughs> remember Paul did nothing to earn the revelation of God nothing for Jesus to say Saul why are you doing this I love it that's why the darker something is the greater the target for heaven I really believe it but we have to carry the light into these places
love that Jesus goes first. He goes, I'm going to go to one of the darkest hearts against me, and I'm going to turn on the lights. Remember, so bright that he was blinded. Ah. The grace of God. Grace of God. God is the author of grace. We kind of use it a lot. We throw it around. Grace. Man. And I think the minute we try to think we have figured grace out, you just go back to kindergarten. Go back. <laughs> grace holds love and truth. Love and truth. It doesn't compromise either one. And that's where we need the grace because we're really tempted to bail out on one or the other. But grace holds it together. There's a problem when we think we have to work harder to complete our mission. When we think we have to buckle down more and get more strict or just... Hear me, this discipline is a, a holy, it's a gift of the Spirit, self-control. But it holds all the other things in place. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Like if that is what you're putting in place of why you're going to do what you do, then the self-discipline comes in to say, I'm holding this. And the good thing about self-discipline is that when you notice you can't do it, well, that's actually the grace of God to say, let's talk. The grace can meet the need. When you're weak, he's strong. But see, what we tend to do in our self-discipline when we can't meet it, we feel more condemned. You guys, the temptation to be condemned is actually a t is a invitation to the banquet table. You get to choose life or death. Condemnation will take you to death. Condemnation will tell you, work harder, give up, you'll never figure this out. Where when we fail, like Paul clearly had paled, it drew him closer to God. We do have work though, you guys, and even Paul's saying it. I worked harder than any of them. Okay, so what does that look like to work hard in a season that's tough, a winter wilderness season? What does it look like, God? Show us. And I asked him, he told me these th three things. One, apply focus. Like, if that's the time, I need you to focus even more on me. Don't look at the barrenness. And actually, the lack of, of pretty things and pleasure things, it's the perfect incubation space to find the beauty of God. Because if you can find beauty and barrenness, wow then you're ready for the next season. You're ready for the birth, the rebirth, because the winter will not last forever. The hard season will pass. But when you're in it, grace says, focus more. Tunnel vision if you have to. 
Some people might say you're closed-minded. No, you're just renewing your mind. You're just on oxygen of heaven. You can't read anything else but that. That's why people say he's never closer to me than when it's so tough and dark and hard. Because nothing else is taking our distraction from, from him. Apply focus. Second thing he said is apply consistency, tenacity. Keep eating off the Word of God. Keep doing the thing that brings you life, even if you don't feel the life. This is where our feelings can't be our God. Keep doing the next right thing. What you look for, you find. And the third thing in a hard work season is remember this. Everyone repeat after me. Little is much. Little is much. When I go uh, out into the wilderness, taking people across the Grand Canyon, man, it's the little things that feel like, oh, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> the little things, like taking your shoes off and washing your feet in cold water at the most tiring place in the, the journey. It's just to sit down. Clean your feet. Put on a fresh pair of socks. Little is much. God sees us and says, that one step you just took, it's equal to about 10 miles to me. Because he knows the season we're in, because he knows how hard it is. So that's why slowing down. And even though you feel like, no, I could do more, I could move faster, but nope, slow down. Last night, I walked my mom up a flight of stairs. I counted the steps. It's about 14 steps. For the rest of my life, I will never forget that it took us about seven minutes to go 14 stairs. 14 steps. She'd take one step. We breathe for about 30 seconds. She'd take another step. She'd breathe. At step eight, they have a little chair for her to sit. At the midway point of the stairs, she sits, takes a break. Finishes her next seven. little as much. He can't convince me that his eye is not on the sparrow. 
little things are big to him in hard places. So stop being so hard on yourself. Grace takes little and makes much. It requires a deeper trust in God than in works. That trust is good seed for the great work. That's why it's kind of woe to us when we feel like we have what it takes. <laughs> right? Like, it's good to feel what you have what it takes, but you have to first pass through that narrow pavement place of not believing you have what it takes, like, right? You have to go low and feel like, I don't have what it takes, and then what does the Father do? No, you do have what it takes. And you come out the other side going, I think I do have what it takes. But if all I ever lived in was this false pride that I, or this pride that makes me think false humility that I do have what it takes, it's good to know that you fall short. It's good when you're at the end of your rope. So how do we face hard seasons with the gift of grace? Well, you have to believe this, that if you don't trust God to be in it, your grace is totally in vain. If you don't need God to be in it, then grace is totally in vain. Grace is always right there to go, what do you need? Where are you weak? I'm here to help. And if we don't have a need, grace is in vain. Come on. Right now, just head up and breathe. Little as much, little as much, little as much. Focus. Stay consistent. My mom consistently took the next step, the next step, the next step, little by little by little. I've heard the Lord ask me, you know, he said, Elisa, I, you know, for years I'd be like, God, why, this is so much work. You could snap your fingers and everyone could get this. Like, because trust me, this whole message of using fitness as a tool, <laughs> I still get people who roll their eyes and go, what? I don't get it. And it's hard, it's hard. Planting seeds in fallow ground, the body has been considered, who cares for so long? Why would God care? And then the, the church says it's too secular to care, and the world says it's too, Jesus, too much Jesus to care, and so I'm just kind of out here going, well, it feels like hard, fallow ground. And so I go to the Lord and I beat his chest and go, you could, in a breath, blow the cover and people could see this. You could reveal this to the world. And I heard him say to me, yeah, I could. But would you rather rise hard, rise fast and fall hard? In other words, if it's too much, too fast, too soon, the the back end, the, the temptation, it would, the, the structure isn't there. Like he's building something. Let's just face it, we'd rather have a quick pop-up instead of building something. Like, have you looked at the Brooklyn Bridge lately? <laughs> or like the Empire State, but these, these buildings that took manpower, lives, death, people died to build this thing. 
and it still stands the test of time. It wasn't just a track home down the corner. And he says to me, I could raise it up really fast, but it would be, there'd be no foundation and it would fall. So little by little, and he just showed me, what would you rather have, Elisa? Something fast and flimsy or something that just gradually builds, builds, builds over time? <laughs> Which one do you think I chose? But I know this, I can look back eight years ago and say, oh wow, you've been faithful. Little by little, little as much. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain. This is Paul knowing he was unqualified to be a quote-unquote super apostle. killed people. He never forgot his story. And I believe, you know, some people say in 2 Corinthians 12 when Paul prays about the thorn, please take this thorn away from me. Some people say it was physical. I think it was emotional. I get it. He feels so much pain of his past. And Satan, he's not Jesus, so he's still, Satan's coming for him to try and knock out this great man of the faith, the man who wrote pretty much the entire New Testament. But that thorn, that backstory kept him saying, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. But by the grace of God, this is the story. Keep breathing, head up, open your heart, receive grace, little as much, let's build day after day, we build, then we have something to leave the next generation, we have a legacy. grace so much that I don't really need him and I thought that's such an interesting take because sometimes we glamorize I need more God if I need more God I'll be more holy actually if you need more God it's the fact that you're being cleansed of unholiness because 
some circumstance has hit on a nerve or hit on a seed of unbelief. And that's what God's always interested in making us more Christ-like. Fully flesh and fully God's. God of creation. So I started this by saying when we're facing hard seasons, how do we do it with grace? How do we get through it with grace like Paul was? Well, I told you that you can work harder by applying focus, by being consistent, and remembering that a little is a lot in a wilderness. Little things matter a lot. Such a gift. But now I want to ask, turn and ask you this question. Just move your body and ask the Spirit. How do you know that you are, how do you know when you are in the flow of grace, that you are moving with these unforced rhythms? How do you know? And tell me, where do you know it? Even just go ahead and let the Holy Spirit show you a vision. How do you feel in your body? What's your posture? What's your face look like? What's, how do you wear the skin? What does your day consist of when you know you are in the flow of grace? Good to know. You have to know what you know. And I'm about to share what I know, and it might look nothing like what you know. So please don't change your answers because of what I know. We probably find some similarities, but you have to know what it is for you to be in the flow of grace, to face hard things with the gift of grace, to face hard conversations, to face hard seasons, to face darkness with the gift of grace. Here's what I know. One, I do have the sense of, I am what I am. <laughs> As if it's like, well, God knew what he got when he called me. This, this is God's, I'm God's. I'm totally, probably unqualified for this in so many ways. I'm, I have no idea why he would call me here, but here I am. I am what I am. I'm not the world's best author. I'm not, I don't have any nonprofit MBA degree behind my name. I don't have any pedigree that's qualified me to be here doing this now. But I am what I am. It's kind of my way of saying, if you got a problem with me, you're gonna to have to take it up with God. Because he got what he got. He, he called me. 
I know I'm in the gift of grace when I can say that I'm confident in who I am because he called me. Second, it is what it is. <laughs> I am what I am and it is what it is. It's like an ability to de-escalate. Okay, this is the situation. Okay, it calms it down. All right, it is what it is. The third is that I will go where he sends. If it is what it is and he's sending me to go, I gotta go. Grace. Grace is running ahead of me. Grace is hemming me in on the sides. And Grace is pushing my backside saying, let's go. I will go where he sends. And when I go, I'll be present to being sent. Right now, I'm very present to being with my mother, with my mom, with my dad, with my family. And let me just tell you, there's a whole lot of dysfunction still going around. But I have been called by God as I am in a situation that is what it is to be here now and to bring all the riches and resources of heaven to hold place of righteousness, peace, and joy. And the fourth thing that I know I'm in the grace, the flow of grace, is the end results are on God, not on me. The results are on Him. That's how I know. I am what I am. It is what it is. He called me to go, so I must and the results are on him. That is a freedom life right there, friends. Come on, that's freedom. To be able to say I am what I am says, hey, all you insecurities inside of me, you're gonna have to sit down and shut up. You gotta sit in the back. No, you don't even ride the bus. You don't have a seat on the bus. You have to get off. <laughs> I am what I am. This situation is what it is. And I'm going where I'm sent. The results are on him. Just bringing yourself ready to cool yourself down. One more song, and I'm just going to leave you here with this thought of this is grace. Little is much. Don't divorce yourself from your story. Grace is sufficient. It's all on God. If you don't trust God to be in it, if you don't have a need for God to be in it, grace is totally in vain. So Lord, we thank you so much. I thank you for this time. I thank you for how you are strengthening us giving us legs to go long by the spirit of grace, not our flesh. Thank you for the healing that has happened in bodies here today. Thank you for muscles being made strong. Thank you for bones, density, the goodness that is coming from doing a harder thing than just staying on our couch. We love you. We're interested in everything you have to say. 
Help us to hear your voice uniquely for our own lives to build one another up. I pray for anyone in a tough season. They would know that they are who they are. It is what it is. That they have been sent. There is a divine purpose for where they are and who they are right now. And that they can let go of what the results will be. Because it's on you. We love you, Dad. We love you, Father. Thank you for Jesus, the gift, the price, the blood, the body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.